0: This is the Used Car Dealer Podcast. Hey, it's Zach here, and you're listening to the Used Car Dealer Podcast. We're on episode number 11 today, and we have Steve back. Steve, how are you
1: doing? I'm terrific. How are you, Zach?
0: Doing excellent. I think everyone missed you, and we have a pretty exciting topic today today. We're going to talk about Carvana, and we're going to revisit Carvana again. We did an analysis of them a couple episodes ago, and again, that was all pre-COVID-19. And the day we're recording this, um, June 26, Carvana's market cap has actually gone over $20 billion. Uh, CarMax has a $14 billion market cap. And since mid March, their stock is up nearly 290%. Another automotive e-commerce player, Vroom, they went public last week. They have a little over $6 billion market cap. And another one of those players, Shift, which is out of San Francisco, they're considering going public as well through a merger. So definitely a lot of media coverage of this. And just out of curiosity, Steve, you told me that you recently helped a family member. They were purchasing a car online and they were going through Carvana. What was that experience like?
1: Well, first, I I didn't necessarily help them. They had already uh, you know, had been shopping on Carvana and, and I was asked if I could act as a sort of a passenger through that buying process and, and really get a better idea of how it works and I certainly did. Tell me
0: what it was like from start to finish or tell the audience, you know, what it was like shopping through Carvana.
1: Too easy and fast. Too easy and fast. So, that their application, their their mobile apps, it's terrific. The big advantage they have is size, clearly. Right? With so many locations, such a large inventory, you know, you can pull I don't know how many hundreds of C-class Mercedes as an example, uh, just tell you found just the right model you're looking for. Um, financing, uh, gap insurance, warranty. Uh, the car can be purchased over the phone in, in less than 15 minutes. The majority of the paperwork, as I understand it. And then the um, only thing that had to be signed at the time of the delivery, I believe, was the registration uh, paperwork. So it's a, a very seamless, transparent process. Um, and I was impressed with the way that actually carvon and I've been very critical of them, um, just based on the complete overvaluation of their share price. Uh, but I can see why, you know, it um, the size, the selection, um, the ease uh, of use, uh, and let's face it, used cars are just becoming more of a commodity every day.
0: So what's this mean for the average independent? Like what does Carvana mean to them, especially with COVID-19 and looking at like the fact that Texas and Florida, they were opening pretty quickly. They might be slowing some of that down. So what does it mean from your perspective?
1: Well, the independent dealer still has the advantage on price. Uh, you can replicate um, many of the things that Carvana does, but think about who is Carvana really targeting, right? Um, the larger segments of the market. You know, there's a lot of niche opportunity. Uh, the independent dealer can, can beat them on with a sharper price. I think what the independent dealer needs to focus on is how they communicate to the customer. So I've talked to two dealers in the last 24 hours, one out of Vero Beach, actually another one in Florida out of, out of Pompano, becoming customers of ours. Um, and both of them are like, nobody calls anymore. No, and what are you doing about texting? Well, let me tell you something about Carvana. They were texting, you know, my cousin all the way through the process, step by step, not too much, even following up after the sale saying, Hey, if, if you still got a car to sell or know anyone that wants to sell one, you know, give us a call. They make it extremely easy. From the independent perspective, I look at the one thing you could do better that I, when I talk to dealers, is the way they text. Are you still texting through your personal cell phone? If you are, you're living in the stone age. You're living in the stone age. Um, the last two dealers I talked to both have templates, right? That they're using for texting. Uh, they're using, you know, another tool or application to be able to quickly and efficiently message their customers through text. That is the communication today. Nobody calls a few of us that are left. My generation, uh, you know, um but anymore, it, it's all about texting and how do you communicate with your customers consistently? You can win on price, but you might lose on communication and follow-up if you don't have the right tools in place.
0: Let me ask you this, Steve, from your perspective, having that like digital checkout functionality on your website for the average independent dealer, how important is that in the overall digital retail process? And do you think that that average independent dealer, should they consider having that like online checkout experience on their website?
1: I wouldn't worry about it as much on a website as I would on a mobile app. Now I saw how it was done on Carvana and it's so easy. It's DocuSign. I think the vehicle actually came out of Georgia. So technically it was a Georgia dealer uh, doing a delivery uh, in Nevada. From a car that was sitting in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, again, it like some of those docu signs. Yeah, I think you can get done uh, the majority of the paperwork, except some of that you know, registration title work. So, what can the dealer do? Well, today you already have an online credit application. That is a form of digital retailing. How are you collecting the steps? Are you texting back and forth, collecting the steps electronically, uploading them the right way so you can find them quickly? Um, and is as far as online checkout show me the technology tool that's going to do it for him at a, at a reasonable expense for the independent dealer does it really exist
0: i think that's a great point because when you look at a lot of digital retail products for instance if you're trying to integrate in the used car space where they have like legacy desktop-based technology they might not have apis so it's really hard to have that connection with the dms system and i think that for independence you have buy here pay here for example how would digital retail work in a buy here pay here world i think you'll run into a lot of complexities if you have one of those models and you're trying to adopt a digital retail tool that is made for the franchise dealer audience
1: Well, it's just conducting business while the customer's at home, right? And you can do that. It's not impossible. It's what, but you got to have a good process in place. Uh, and delivering the documents to the customer. These things are possible. Is it worth it on a buy here, pay here? Is it going to get you that more business? Seems to me those people just want a car to drive. Okay. They'll, they'll, they'll take the bus to get to the buy here, pay here in order if they can get transportation, if they can get approved sometimes. I think it really depends on the type of business. Highline, more ad- adaptable, I think, that type of clientele. Mm-hmm. But a lot of our customers, a lot of independents out there, we're doing a lot of non-prime business, right? And they take stipulations. And I think the, the more that you can streamline that process, like I got a dealer who has a text template. When they gets an approval on a credit app, the bank comes back and says, get us a copy of the pay stub you know, recent utility bill, you know, the, the selling army on here knows how it goes. Uh, putting a text template together and sending that to the customer, making sure you collect those documents digitally before they show up or before you deliver the paperwork. I think most dealers are trying to do that anyways, but I think we're still some years away, Zach, from that really given being able to give that independent dealer that affordable tool to be able to conduct business that way. It's still a stretch. Name one independent DMS company that's even close to it. I can't think of any.
0: Yeah, and I think what you're bringing up is kind of interesting where, you know, independent dealers listening or dealers who are kind of second-guessing whether they need a digital retail like e-commerce checkout on the website. I think the more important point is are you accessible? Can you text message? You know, can you do a remote test driver? Can you bring the vehicle to, you know, their home for home delivery? I think it's being adaptable with, you know, the changing times, every state's going to continue to, you know, change their COVID-19 restrictions more short term. And, you know, longer term, it's being able to offer a better buying experience that's more adaptable to your customer. And that does not always necessarily mean buying a used car a hundred percent online. Because I think there are, you know, cases, for instance, if you're looking at inventory that's like already out of win warranty like eighty thousand miles plus, you might not want to buy that car hundred percent sight unseen online. Or if you're caught between, should I get the four cylinder or the six-cylinder, you know, there's definitely value in still visiting a physical dealership to test drive.
1: No, I, I, I you couldn't think? agree more. I, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Um, you know, more of the standard type of buyer, the Toyota Camrys, the Honda Accords, the stuff that's heavily stocked by CarMax, stuff that's heavily stocked um, by Carvana, Vroom, uh, the more everyday common, common sold vehicles in the U.S., right? Um, where is that niche the independent dealer fits into? And I, I don't see that niche as totally threatened, but I can tell you that Carvana is doing not just prime, but non-prime finance. I think they advertise their rates anywhere between three and 19 or 20% or something to that effect. So, and look, they're, they're, a, they're a direct threat for sure. One thing I did mention earlier, Zach, was the communication mm-hmm. from Carvana. It's consistent. It's, um, precise uh it tracks them from the time the delivery goes out uh until even post sale when it comes to following up on your tags right the the registration paperwork and it's systematic uh friendly and professional um one thing about the vehicle that got delivered it was missing a um like a tow hook cover it was a mercedes uh e400 coupe of 15 with 18500 miles okay and actually, when they delivered it, I was there, you know, with my cousin taking pictures. They took the um, they took a photo of it and actually had filed a claim for him before they left, uh, because apparently that tow hook was they used it, to, the piece to take off the front to put it on the truck. Long story short, they filed a claim and it's like a $50 part they're going to replace. But outside of that, very, very seamless, pretty put together very well how how do you replicate that or, or compete with it well i think niche for one the commercial vehicle market you know we got a lot of dealers that really play that you know 3 to 6000 the buy here pay here lots of opportunity but just still have them on price i think where where I, what I see with customers i talk to dealers that are interested and want to know how to better compete the inability to effectively message uh, text message their customers efficiently professionally consistently They're in the stone age and you got to have the tools to do it. And what I mean by text templates is, you know, what do you do with somebody that's inquires about buying a car from you, even though you're not selling them one, right? Um, do you have a text template ready to go for that? It takes two seconds to shoot out from your laptop or from your phone. Um, you know, do you have a pre-approval link already in a text template? Somebody messages the dealership and they want to get pre-approved that you could just text to them and they could right from their phone get approved. Um, That's the start. If you're not doing that, you got to be, you got to get your texting act together, Uh, but pricing, you still got the advantage and, you know, dealers are resilient, independent dealers. They're finding ways to get it done. You're finding ways to get it done.
0: Agreed. And let me read you a quote. When CarMax announced their most recent earnings, they said, sales have progressively improved since hitting a, Tough time in April. Comparable store used unit sales for the two weeks ended June 14th were within 10% of last year's sale. So, what we're seeing, you know, with CarMax, for instance, in their most recent report, it looks like things are starting to bounce back in terms of used car vehicle sales. But what we're hearing from dealers, they're having a tough time at the auctions, finding the right inventory. You know, prices of used cars have dramatically gone up. What are you hearing from dealers on the ground right now?
1: Oh, the same thing. You know, you're at auction, you're you're competing with, you know, the Carvanas, the CarMaxes of the world, etc. Um, you have to get very, very aggressive in your, your purchasing, not at auction, but, you know, fr- sourcing from private parties. Um, I have one dealer that's telling me that he had a big sign printed up, put on the side of his building. Right, we'll buy your car, da da da. Um, I talk a lot about it to customers, you know, and and how to word their templates right, and and their text messages right, and follow up on these customers, and you know how to more effectively go after and communicate with those customers to source inventory privately. Um, but you got to do more of it. You, you got to do more of it. I'm not telling these the selly army and the, the rest of the uh. A dealers on the phone here, or the podcast. I'm sorry that uh, you know you can't buy an auction. I don't have to tell them; they're living it firsthand. I'm just repeating the news, I guess. Zach,
0: yeah. And um, in your opinion, like over the next six to twelve months, like what are some futures? What are some trends that you see coming down the pipeline for both independent dealers or the auto industry in general?
1: Mm. What are the trends? <laughs> well, everyone's coming back trying, the, the good ones are coming back leaner and stronger. You authored an article some time ago, Zach. Um, the lean dealership and, you know, those, there's a lot of wisdom in there and a lot of dealers, dealers are, you know, they're behaving that way now in, in ways that you and in, in methods that you pointed out. That's, you know, important, not just in economic, um, I don't know, booms. You know, but in crises should always be running lean. Well, Zach, let me ask you, what do you think's coming down here in you know, the next six to nine months as far as trends and what's in store here for the US auto industry?
0: Great question, Steve. So I think that in terms of digital retail products, you're going to see more adoption from franchise dealers. I think used car dealers, because of price point, lack of integration, and having models like buy here, pay here, it's going to be a slower adoption rate for digital retail with used car dealers. I think that In terms of, you know, all of the states opening up, you know, we're seeing a second resurgence of COVID-19. So it seems like that might be slower than what we were thinking a week or two weeks ago. And then I think that in terms of the auto industry as a whole, you're going to see trimmer dealerships. So less salespeople, Um, you're going to see more adoption from used car dealers of technology, Um, I think that you'll see some smaller dealers that might go out of business due to lacking of technology, due to competition from players like Carvana, Vroom. Um, I think it would be interesting to see over the next six to nine months, how Vroom has an impact on Carvana, you know, whether shift will go public, what CarMax would do to offer, you know, more digital retail like experience, like a Carvana, for instance. And then what are some of the larger dealer groups going to do? I saw that uh, a couple weeks ago AutoNation, you know, they laid off a huge chunk of employees and then we saw recently that Hertz, you know, they filed for bankruptcy. So I think there's a lot of disruption um going on in the auto industry right now and it will really be interesting to see over the next 6 to 9 months what happens. So exciting time to be in automotive.
1: Yeah, bring it back to your talking about with the, uh, CarMax was saying, you know, they're going to tell investors is, you know, hopefully what they want to hear on that earnings call. And what else are they going to say? Well, versus last year. Well, yeah, but last year you didn't have a 35% drop. That was pent up demand. And, and I think there's many independent dealers that frankly outperformed, um, you know, compared to last year, same month, you know, we were within 10%. Um, I've really heard some terrific success stories, just crazy stories about how much inventory is being sold. One guy's telling me they even had a more, you know, a Harley Davidson sitting there for like over a year that (laughs) last month that sold, you know, trying to get their hands on inventory so difficult. And with the, you know, the Carvanas and the Carmaxes and Autonations with the larger checkbooks running up the prices, man, you got to go over those private parties, right? Just work at sourcing even harder. But, um, you know, I I still think that, you know, we're, we're in for some turbulence. We're not out of the clear yet. That's clear. Um, but what was really clear in, in a couple of conversations I'll share with you, this one dealer I talked to, he said, you know, Steve, I let go of four sales people. Okay. It's just me. I got, I, you know, my brother here and, uh, we've sold more cars than we ever sold before. And our grosses have taken off. <laughs> you know, We should have <laughs> let those people go a long time. I've heard that story a couple of times, but you know, of course, we want people out there working. I'm sure they do too and, and doing the right things. But it, it's interesting just how dealers, you know, they're so resilient, independent dealers, um, getting back to the fundamentals, getting heavily involved in their business, leaning it, leaning it up a little bit, right? Making it stronger and then making a comeback. You know, that is the independent dealer. They are middle America. You know, they're what make, they the independent dealer is what make it, makes America great. I'm um, hearing some really terrific stories of success out there and let's just hope it continues
0: agreed well thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the used car dealer podcast if you haven't already remember to like and subscribe to our podcasts and until then i'm zach
1: and this is steve mcclory keep fighting the good fight